Previously on Algoa FM. Jared Aston, good morning. Morning, Charles. Good to be with you. Morning. Hey. Hope everything is well in your part of the world. Uh, yeah, so far so good. Um, are you in Cape Town, by the way? I am in Cape Town. I've yes. been here seven years. It's a beautiful sunny day. The sun is coming up as I'm looking over the Signal Hill. So uh, it's, uh, it's looking amazing today. Living in the land of better service delivery and less power cuts. Got to love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak too soon. We've got coming at 10 o'clock today. Hopefully it doesn't come. Don't worry, um, Mayor Jordan Hill-Lewis will have a stern word with those concerned and sort that right out. Uh, yeah, I hope he does. I, 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 it's weird that you and I have had um, kind of business dealings relating to me as compiler and you as a representative of the South African music industry um, mm. because I was one of the, the people standing in the Green Acres food court in 1988 screaming <laughs> and singing along um, to the band Cinema. Um, so yeah, this is this is somewhere between bucket lists and uh, small freak out. I won't lie, uh, because you guys were were South Africa's. I don't want to say boy band because you weren't a boy band. You were a real band, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. I remember Greenacre Shopping Centre really well. It was one of the highlights of the, of our tours. You know, it was right in the early days when my kind of girl had just broken and we'd had a lot of airplay. And we came down and played that that mall, and I don't think any anybody expected that amount of people to be there. With, uh, with yeah, yeah, no, it was freaky. There, there really was. I, I'm sure if there were if food, not food, if uh, fire safety marshals were taken more seriously in that day, they would have had to evacuate the place. It really was that full. Yeah, uh-huh. it's crazy. What, what a what a great experience. What a great memory. And, uh, I think there was. I still had long hair in those days. Yeah, I had my John John Bon Jovi poodle cut, as they call it. Right. And, not and quite I a mullet. Le- not quite a mullet. Well, it, it probably was, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. And I had this le- leather jacket with these leather tassels dropping down the side. And uh, young girls were coming up to me with scissors, cutting locks of my hair and cutting, lo- you know, these little tassels yeah. from my from my jacket. And we didn't have any security in those days, and it was going crazy. And then, you know, after we performed, uh, these same same people would come up and, and say, "Please, can you sign this piece of paper with my hair?" hair? <laughs> That's crazy, but a great, great memory of that part of the world, and uh, I, I love it down there. It really, you know, it really is a, a friendly part of the world, and um, yeah, we had great times down there. Um, and unfortunately, then we had to grow up. But you know, that, that's how life works, I suppose. But did you mm. do you think back of that as an absolutely unreal time? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm never one to really dwell in the past. You know, I always believe that anything happens in the past, it's a great experience, but, but I move on and, and my good old days are, are the days that I'm living in right now. But um, those, those cinema days, those 12 years that the band toured and performed and released albums, uh, was an absolutely amazing time for us. We, you know, it, it, that was sort of my grounding in the music industry. I learned a lot. I learned how radio stations work, TV stations. I, I you know, learned about recording studios and production. And, and of course, getting the chance to, to play music to, to people that paid money to come and watch us perform and sing our songs was just absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. And I was so grateful every time we got up on stage and you know we played to you know, like Orient Theatre in East London and uh, I'm not sure if it's still, still there. But, yep, uh, it is. We played there. Too. Yep. Yeah. We would fill, fill that you know, for two nights and, and, uh, and I was just absolutely blown away. So it was, it was a great, great experience. And you know, I'm also just really humbled and grateful that, that you know, songs like My Kind of Girl and Strangers Again and, 
uh, inside and out are still being played on radio today. And uh, this, it just blows my mind. I'm, I can't believe it. But uh, truly grateful and had a wonderful time with some really great people and made some great friends. You know, I'm still friends with most of the people from, from those days uh, today. We still talk, we're still friends and uh, talk about the, the, the good old days, I suppose. Yeah, surely. Um, tell me very quickly, is it true? I saw it, I read a tongue-in-cheek article that said your first album sold 503 copies. It seems <laughs> like slightly, yeah, slightly it random. Sounds like it. Yeah. It, it sounds like a lot. It's uh, only less than that. Okay. But he sold three copies and 500 were family members. <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. it, got it. Uh, so the, the, the question that I have is, um, not question so much as, I didn't realize that you started off as the drummer. That's right, yeah. I started off in the industry in 84 with a band called Face to Face. And yes. Here we are. Here we are. I was a drummer. Yeah, uh-huh. I was a drummer with that band. And then um, I, I left... Uh, face-to-face, the band split up and uh, I sort of jumped around a few few bands. I played in an all-girl band called Chess for about a year. And then um, I got a call from from Chris Frank, who was the bass player in cinema, who was actually the bass player for Peter Chamois at the time. And uh, face-to-face had played the concert in the park with Peter Chamois and a whole bunch of other artists in, in 85. And Chris said, hey, listen, we're looking for a drummer. We've got this band and we, you know, we're looking at writing songs. Would you like to join them? I was like, yeah, great, you know, this is another gig. So I joined the band as a drummer, eventually playing at Goldie City in Joburg, and we played pub gigs and played on a Sunday afternoon in the beer garden. And uh, one Sunday afternoon, I had a, had a couple too many beers, and um, <laughs> they, dared, they dared me to sing a song. So I got up and I sang John Lennon's Imagine, and people clapped after, after I finished singing, and I thought, wow, this, this is great. This is nicer than sitting behind the drums and being inconspicuous. <laughs> so, so, you know, lo and behold, I started singing more, and then I started writing songs with Chris, and uh, eventually the lead singer at the time, he, he left the band. He couldn't tour. He was getting married. And I took over lead vocals, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, and, very much so. And I was released, and uh, that was it, the start of the cinema. That was the second album. Yeah, I wasn't involved with the first album. The 503 um, copies. Yeah, okay. The 503 copies, <laughs> yeah. And the second album was Somewhere in Time, which was the album that yes. had my kind of all the other hits in it. Right. Um, and you have fans in the Philippines as a consequence of the Strangers Again um, release in 96, or re-release in 96. It would appear. I can't believe it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And along the way, you've managed Watershed. I didn't know that. Yeah, I managed Watershed um, before I moved to Cape Town. So probably about nine years ago, Craig and I known each other on and off back back and forward. And uh, he called me one day and said, look, let's get together and have a chat. They're looking to relaunch and doing some albums and would I be interested in getting involved? So uh, I had an agency for 20 years in, in Johannesburg that was yep. doing really well. And we were doing you know a lot of gigs uh, around the country, corporate gigs, uh, festivals, concerts. And we, we looked after most of the casinos around the country. So, um, yeah, I started working with Craig. You know, we clicked really nicely. So, yeah, I managed the band for about four years and uh, did really well. We were on tour with uh, Roxette, their final you know, world tour. Oh, wow, yes. Um, and did, did some amazing shows with, with, with the band. Uh, but then, you know, my, my, my life got kind of busy with, with other businesses and uh, I just, my head wasn't into management anymore. So I got more involved in uh, the businesses that I'm involved in now, a business called Radio Monitor, where we... We monitor radio, basically. We monitor music being played on radio globally in 120 countries. Sure. And we give uh, we give music artists, composers, publishers, labels, radio stations the, the data and the analysis for their, their radio play globally. And uh, it's, it's a really successful business. 
Um, and uh, I'm involved in another business as well that we um, we, we look after music rights and uh, data analysis for for rights holders to make sure that they get paid correctly on on all the different platforms like radio, like streaming, um, YouTube, TikTok, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that yeah, that's where my focus has been for the last seven years. Um, yeah, and, and, and I, I couldn't manage bands anymore. And I think that the South African music industry owes you a kind of double. Uh, debt of gratitude not only for being kind of one of the living legends of South African music but for all that you've done in terms of rights and royalties and stuff and making sure that the people who should get paid get paid well I mean thank you for that I'm not sure if I'm a living legend but I appreciate that, <laughs> that, those words yeah. Um, yeah you know for me you know when, when I was performing back in the 80s and the 90s we didn't have these kind of tools you know we kind of went on um, the, the feedback from our PR companies and our record labels to t- tell us that the songs were getting played, and we would also get real time feedback from from local communities, you know, fan letters and, um, and and touring. We never really knew where our music was being played. It, you know, it was also a different uh, different game back then because we built relationships with compilers at radio stations, and we we kind of I don't don't think that's really happening nowadays. Um, as much as it was back then, but but really, like a business like Radio Monitor is, is is a great tool for for music music artists to know exactly who's playing their music, when the music has been played, and how many times. And, and you know that gives them an idea of what what markets to to go to to tour. They can tell if the music is getting played on Algoa FM, how many times, and should they come down to you know the Eastern Cape and perform shows and, and push their, their, their market there. And, you know, you, you push that out on a global basis. It really gives good insights into into where your music is, is getting played. And, uh, you know, you can use that data along with streaming data and, and all the other platforms uh, that, that are available to kickstart your career a lot better and to really understand your markets in, in a much better way than you could 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, and, and during COVID, we had, you know, we, we assisted many, many composers with getting royalties from, from the rights societies um, and, and helped them in a big way up to, you know, some artists were getting five, six, seven hundred thousand rand that they never knew that they had owed to them. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it really bailed them out of uh, a lot of mess during COVID and, and allowed them to survive. And, uh, you know, that makes my heart very full because I've always said I wanted to be of service after I you know, quit performing and, and to, to do the best that I can in, in the music industry side of it. So, you know, that, that made my heart very, uh, very happy to know that we could assist a lot of artists. And we're talking about some very big names that were really struggling sure. at the time but, uh, that we managed to assist. Cool. Um, so you gave up the sex, drugs, and rock and roll for family life with Anna. Um, took up running. Um, you freak. Uh, what, what's chasing you? No, I'm kidding. Um, so, so yeah, you you seem to be quite the the active um, half and full marathon runner. And I'm just like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> who have ever thought? You know, I I started running when I moved to Cape Town in 2016. Uh, just as a bit of fun, running five kilometres along it's the safer farm, <laughs> and because it's safer, of course. I, mean, I never knew about running in Joburg because you know I, I was like, if I I go to the gym to swipe my car to get my three hundred points for my <laughs> my medical aid, and, and, and your was, and your, like, your and your peanut bomb smoothie, <laughs> exactly, exactly, which you know I, I would never go back and try and work off the smoothie after after I've had it. But yeah, yeah I got into running, and uh, it, it said the bug bits and the healthy lifestyle, you know 
but I, I, I haven't, you know, I don't drink alcohol, I don't smoke cigarettes, and, and I was never the six, well, the six drugs in rock and roll type. Of <laughs> was, Fair uh, definitely, definitely no drugs, but um, I, uh, I got into running, yeah, and it, you know, just the bug that I've, I've run everything from five kilometers up to comrades, and um, I'm absolutely loving it. Struggling this year with some injuries, I broke my ankle in January, so I haven't been running as much as I should. But uh, getting back into it and next year, you know, I'll come back. I'll run comrades again. It just—it's a great—it's a great activity, and I, it, it shows with me being able to do it. I only started running at the age of fifty, and um, I've been running six years now. So it—it uh, it just shows anybody can get off that couch and go out there and have a run. Start with three or four kilometers, nice and slowly, and, and work your way up. And I promise you, it yeah. does a world of good. It's a great. Are you calling me fat? I'm saying it to anybody. Jump off, get up, no, and I, out, I, go for a run. I realize now, as you're talking, that you are a couple years older than I am. So is, there is also that, <laughs> and it, it sounds borderline like a dare. Uh, anyway, um, very quickly, because we run out of time spectacularly. Some advice for South African musos. Uh, you know, just hang in there. The, the, the industry at the moment is such a vibrant industry. There's so many South African artists that are doing so well locally and globally. And I would say, you know, just, just like anything in any business, that huge opportunity is just around the corner. Get out there, write songs, write lots of songs, perform anywhere and everywhere that you can, even if you have to do it for free. Get, get, get the, pay your dues, go out and, and have fun. And most of all, enjoy, enjoy what you do. And, and, and know who you are. You know, sum up your, your career or your, your, your band in, in two sentences or less. This is who we are and this is what we do. Nice. And with that, you, you'll know who you are and your fans will know too. And they'll, they'll, they'll buy into that quickly. Hmm. Um, so the last burning question is, um, a few thousand of my friends and I with our Zimmer frames and everything else are wondering, is there ever going to be a reunion concert or a reunion tour or a reunion something for cinema? <laughs> You make me feel so old. <laughs> um, I, I, I doubt it. I mean, I'm, I'm, my head's not there anymore. As I said earlier, you know, the good old days were back then. My good old days are right now. Cool. Um, if, if there was an opportunity to do a charity event um, and get, get the guys together, possibly, but there def- definitely wouldn't be a tour around the country. That's for sure. Yeah. So you shared a few songs uh, with me. I've selected Journeys Faithfully, Phil Collins in the air tonight, Fiction Factory Feels Like Heaven, and Go West We Close Our Eyes from the list of 10 that you sent. And we're going to take a listen Amazing. to those and uh, have fond thoughts and uh, plenty happy memories of uh, the band Cinema from the 80s and knowing that you're still doing great work in the South African music industry. Thanks for taking a little time out. It's an absolute pleasure. I would normally be running, but uh, I've got a broken ankle recovery, so it's great to uh, spend the time with you and having having this chat. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Your digital library experience. Podcasts from algoafm.co.za.